0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is a short Bible study every day, only about 13 minutes or so, but that easily fits into our busy schedule and routine, so we can actually get into God's Word through this study every single day, seven days a week. And that's critical because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Now, we always encourage you because you know people in your life who need to change their focus and direction in life to share these short studies with them every day, with everybody you can, in fact, your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But you know people who need to change their focus in life. You may help them by sharing these studies to turn their lives around, come to God through Jesus Christ, and be in heaven for all of eternity. What a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, talking about how the gospel can change a person, and it certainly can. The word gospel, again, means good news, good news. And that particular word, in our English at least, is used almost exclusively talking about the message of forgiveness and redemption and salvation that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ brought to this earth from the throne room in heaven. When Jesus ascended back to heaven after he died on that cross and the gospel of I defined in a succinct way, according to the Apostle Paul's writings in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first several verses, is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He died on that cross for us. He was buried in that tomb, and he arose from that grave victorious over death, demonstrating emphatically and without any question that he truly is the Son of God, our Lord and Savior. And everything he taught and said and claimed to be is exactly true, and it is from God. The Apostle Paul wrote, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans 1 and verse 16, it is truly the greatest, most wonderful message that mankind has ever received. It is the message of eternal life through Jesus Christ. We looked at the apostle Paul. He wrote that particular verse in Romans one in verse 16. And we have emphasized that he was uniquely qualified to write about the power of the gospel to truly change and fundamentally and profoundly change lives because the gospel changed him from being a disbeliever in Jesus Christ to becoming a believer. It changed him from being a violent persecutor of the church that Jesus established on this earth to becoming not only a member of that church, but a champion of it, and one who established, or at least helped establish, numerous congregations during his various missionary journeys. Now, We began looking at how the gospel changed Saul of Tarsus into the Christian the gospel preacher the Apostle Paul God used him to write more books of the New Testament than any other inspired writer in Acts chapter 2 the first two verses again I'm sorry Acts chapter 9 the first two verses we read about the conversion of Saul of Tarsus to Christianity in Christ, and then becoming not only a Christian, but a gospel preacher, and ultimately a divinely appointed apostle of Jesus Christ. The text begins with Saul leaving Jerusalem, a man who brought suffering to believers in the gospel, because he hunted down Jews who had become Christians, took them into custody, brought them to Jerusalem to stand trial and tried to compel them to blaspheme the name of Christ and ultimately in some cases voted for their execution. Oh, but he arrived in Damascus as we saw a man suffering himself. Oh, he left Jerusalem, a man who brought suffering to believers in the gospel, but he arrived in Damascus Himself a suffering man for not having believed the gospel. The Lord had confronted him on that road through a bright light, spoke to him, and identified himself as Jesus whom you were persecuting. And Saul, how he must have been shaken to his very soul, asked, "What, what would you have me to do?" Jesus told him, to go into Damascus, and you will be told what you must do." When Saul arose from the ground he was blind. And those who had come with him led him into the city. In verses 8 and 9, we read this. The man, I'm sorry, Saul arose from the ground and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. Saul left Jerusalem, a man physically sighted. He could see, but he was spiritually blind. He did not believe in Jesus. He arrived in Damascus, however, physically blind after having been confronted by the Lord through that bright shining light, but he was beginning to see spiritually. He left left Jerusalem physically sighted but spiritually blind. He arrived in Damascus physically blind, but beginning to see spiritually. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, Paul could certainly relate to the truth of these words. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verses 3 and 4. And here we read, but even if our gospel is veiled, that is covered and we understand what a veil is, someone puts it over their face, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God, lowercase g, speaking of the devil, the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. And there are people who have become blinded to the gospel message. They don't believe it. Many do not even know it, and some who may have heard about it have rejected it. But that's the work of the devil in their lives, and they've allowed him to do that work in their lives. Well, that's where Saul was before confronted by the Lord on the road to Damascus. Oh, he could see physically, but he was spiritually blind. Blindness of the heart can result in being alienated from God. We need to understand that blindness of the heart can lead us to be alienated from God. Paul wrote also in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18, these words, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart." Now we understand the heart is a physical organ that pumps blood through our circulatory system throughout our physical bodies. But we talk about the heart from a more, oh, a, a, a more illustrative kind of way. We talk about believing with all of our heart. What we're really doing is talking about our mind, our consciousness, our understanding, the blindness of our heart. Our emotions say, no, I do not believe that, I will not believe that, I will not accept that I need to become a Christian or that I need to change my life and repent of my sins. The blindness of the heart and Saul of Tarsus His heart was blind when he was doing all of that persecuting against Christians before he became blind physically and then started to see spiritually. In Mark chapter 9 and verse 47, we read this. Mark chapter 9, verse 47. And Jesus said, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Now, was he suggesting self-mutilation there? Ripping one of your eyes out of its socket? Of course not. He was speaking in a very illustrative, figurative kind of language. And he said, you know, if anything keeps you from seeing and accepting the truth of the gospel, message of salvation, then get rid of that out of your life. It's better for you not to have whatever that is, however you might have thought however important you might have thought it had been up until that point in your life. Better for that you to know, let that go. And sometimes that means relationships. And then have your eyes opened to the truth of the gospel through which you can be forgiven and saved the gospel of christ spiritual blindness blindness of the heart an attitude that says no no i don't want to hear that a lot of people that's what they struggle with that's what they suffer with and yet it is self-condemning self-condemning now next time i want us to come back and look at another way saul of tarsus changed and ultimately became the Christian gospel preacher, the Apostle Paul. Once again, he left Damascus seeing, he left Damascus, a man of power who brought suffering to other people, he arrived, a man, he left Jerusalem, I'm sorry, a man who brought suffering to Christians, to believers in the gospel, he arrived in Damascus, a suffering man himself, physically blind. He left Jerusalem a man who could see physically, but he was spiritually blind. He arrived in Damascus physically blind, but beginning to see spiritually. He left Jerusalem, a third way he changed, under the authority of a priest without godly authority. He arrived in Damascus beginning to submit to the authority of Jesus Christ let's stop and pray. Father in heaven, help us to see. Help us to open our eyes. Help people everywhere, all over the world, to open their eyes to the saving message of the gospel of Christ. Help them, Father, to tear away the blindness of their hearts, their minds, their emotions, their thinking, and humbly accept that saving message, Father. Guide us to be good examples and shining lights to help them see the way we pray. And Father, please we pray at this time, Father. Please forgive us and hear a prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.